When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now, there are different kind of arms you can go after. And the way I would map it out of the three, I would have my future star, which is why Yamamoto is a priority, the guy that you sign who could very well be an ace of your rotation for the next half a decade. And Yamamoto fits that. He is far and away, despite us never watching him, besides highlights. It's kind of funny, but I'm being honest. Despite only watching YouTube clips, of all the ace potential availabilities, he's clearly number one on the list. So I would try to add your future ace, the solid workhorse, the guy who can just give you innings, even if he's not great. And then the third guy is my high reward, low risk addition. That's how I would frame it. So I can give you three guys that fit those. But we're going to go through all the guys that are free agents and guys that are potentially via trade, and we'll see where each of them fit. But the high-reward guy, the guy who has the chance to be the ace for the next five years, the solid, I just know he's going to take the ball every five days guy, and then kind of that guy's coming off a bad year, one-year deal. Can this guy be the Cody Bellinger of pitchers? That's how I would refer to it. Because the Chicago Cubs, to their credit, They hit the jackpot with Cody Bellinger. Cody Bellinger had multiple bad years in a row, and he was available for all of us, and we all knew the risk. The risk is he continues to suck, but it's only a one-year deal and you move on. The reward, the guy becomes great. Now, the negative to the reward is because it's only a one-year deal, he's gone, or you've got to make some kind of stupid commitment to him. So the guys that could give you the reward understand it may not be a long-term reward. So let's start with the high-end guys, the guys that fit that narrative of being an ace. Uh, Yoshinobu Yamamoto, I think I screwed up his first name, Yoshinobu Yamamoto, I think is how you pronounce it. Look, we've all heard the stories. He's 25 years old. He's a stud in Japan. In game six of a postseason series, He pitched nine innings, didn't allow a run, and threw 135 pitches, which just gave me a headache when I saw that. Because it's so frustrating that we never see that here. You know? We never see a starting pitcher throw 135 pitches in a World Series game or a playoff game. And what that shows you, even though Major League lineups may be tougher than lineups in Japan, is that Yamamoto is capable of it that a lot of guys are capable of it. But Yamamoto is obviously dominated in Japan. It's incredibly exciting that he's as young as he is. 
know, guys who are free agents generally are not nearly as young as Yamamoto is at 25 years old. I think that most of us as Met fans have a confidence in going into the Japanese market after the success of Kodai Senga. You know, we as Met fans, I think we're almost, I know I wasn't, but I certainly know a lot of Met fans were. We're almost nervous about Senga based on our own history, based on the fact that we've had some duds come over, Kazmatsui being the one that really jumps out at us. When, when it doesn't matter, it's a completely different ownership. It's a completely different front office. Kodai Senga performing or not performing has nothing to do with a Japanese shortstop that was really a second baseman that the Mets signed 20 years earlier. But Kodai was able to make the jump. And the Mets babied him, certainly. But he made the jump very successfully. So now you got a guy who's more highly regarded, a guy who's younger. Now you're going to have to pay him a lot more money. It seems like every team is interested in him. Sign me up. I'm all in because the other ace options, and maybe I'm even being generous by calling these guys aces. Well, let's start with Blake Snell because Blake Snell is in all likelihood going to win the National League Cy Young Award. I don't know if I'm just being a hater, Pete. I have zero interest in Blake Snell. Like, I feel he would be a disaster if the Mets or Yankees signed him to a long-term contract. No, I, I'm the same way as you are, and I think there's a lot of uh, things that Blake's now. I know he's very um, devious when he pitches. I know that he's, you know, he, people are, very, are aren't able to read his pitches, but he's just he walks too many guys. Like That's we talked it. about that. We talked That's about it. we talked about Cody Sanka last year in the beginning of the season. He walked too many guys. If people if he loses his out pitches and people start to be a little bit more patient with him. He's going to be ineffective, and the Mets can't afford to bring and sign a quote-unquote ace that's ineffective. He He's also, like, I look at his career, and he was great in 2018 when he won that Cy Young, and he did it throwing only 180 innings, and he's going to do it again because he matched that innings total in 2023, 180 innings, and he's in all likelihood going to win the Cy Young, led the National League in ERA, had a great second half. But it does feel like fool's gold when you're walking that many guys. You know, he walked more guys in 2023 than he had in any year of his career. And it wasn't even close. (laughs) And a part of that is that he threw 180 innings. But you go back to that 2018 season, he averaged 3.2 walks per nine innings, which is is what it is. This year, he averaged five. Like, imagine he walked five guys per nine innings. So it feels as if the overall success he had in 2023 is built on fool's gold. It's built on something that's not going to last. He's going to be 31 years old, so he's no spring chicken anymore. I've seen a lot of bad out of him. You know, 2021, he was bad. He had a four and a half ERA while walking almost five guys per nine innings. I think that kind of contract comes back and bites you in the ass. I think Blake Snell's the definition of a guy who's being paid for what he's done in the past and not what he's going to do in the future. So I give him credit for what he did in 2023. He did win the National League Cy Young. Ultimately, you could walk as many guys as you want. If you're not going to give up runs, if you're going to pitch to a 2-2-5 ERA, you're doing something right, even if it's painful to watch. And it would be painful to watch. I'm just not betting that he's going to continue that. The the other guy that I think fits the ace role, uh, based on really based on what he's going to get paid, is Aaron Nola. Aaron Nola is going to be 30 on opening day. He'll turn 31 in the middle of the season. He is not coming off a great season. He had a four and a half ERA, 
But I'll pay this compliment to Aaron Nola. And while I think Aaron Nola is going to get a mega contract that he will never live up to, Aaron Nola is reliable. And I mentioned earlier, I want to add three starting pitchers, one being the the ace quality and one being a reliable innings eater. If you put Nola in that category, if he wasn't being paid like an ace, I, I would look at him and say, that's the innings eater. That's my reliable guy who goes out there every five days, makes every start, could give you 200 innings, and he may not be great. Like He may not win the Cy Young, but he'll be solid. Think about this with Aaron Nola. This past season, he did pitch to a 4-4-6 ERA. He made 32 starts. A year earlier, he made 32 starts. Pitched a lot better. Pitched to a 3-2-5 ERA. The year before that, where he did not have a good year, a 4-6 ERA, 32 starts. So over the last three years, Aaron Nola's made 32 starts every year. One with a 4-6 ERA. One with a 3-2 ERA. And then one with a 4-4-6 ERA. I hope you enjoy my sound effects. You go back to 2019, 34 starts. 2018, 33 starts. So he is, I pay him this compliment. That This is why if the Mets signed Aaron Nola, I don't think they will. But if they signed Aaron Nola, I would say two things at once. I'd say, wow, he's probably overpaid. He's not an ace. But boy, I love that reliability. I love the fact that you would be able to pencil him in for 32 starts every single season. And that's a that's a good quality. That's not something I I throw out. I just don't look at him as that ace. I I look at Aaron Nola as basically a more expensive Chris Bassett. That's how I look at him. I would pencil him as his number three starter. Like I'm not going to expect him to be the ace of staff at all. If he does, great for us. But like you said, it's it's the innings. I just hate the fact. Now listen. Take away if you just go into an offseason not thinking about the money because we have Steve Cohen. Oh yeah, whatever. Like give him what right. he wants. But if you're really reasonable and saying you can't pay a third starter thirty five million dollars a season, you you can't go that route. You really can't. And that's that's what's disturbing about Nola. But if you told me he's reasonable, third starter, I'm all in. But by the way, you mentioned um, something that I think we're all going to have to battle with when we talk about adding a free agent or re-signing Pete Alonzo, and that's we shouldn't really care about what a contract is. You know, Steve Cohen, it's early in his ownership tenure, but it doesn't feel like he has any kind of budget. We saw that last year when he was willing to sign Carlos Correa before it all fell through. Now, maybe at some point he will have a budget, and we know there's a hefty luxury tax, and there are penalties that aren't just punitive in terms of what Cohen is paying, but difficult to continue to run a franchise when your draft pick goes back 10 slots, when you lose international pool money. Like, there are major negatives to being in that Cohen tax. Not that it isn't worth signing great players or keeping your own, but I wrestle with this every time we talk about, hey, what should they pay Pete Alonso? What should they pay Aaron Nola? <laughs> what should they pay Shohei Otani? Ultimately, there's no salary cap. So as long as the owner is willing to continue to spend, then F it. They're going to be in the Cohen tax anyway. So you may as well keep spending. That's why it's so difficult to look at a contract and say, well, I'm willing to give Otani 
400 million, but 450? No, like what the hell's the difference? <laughs> You're already spending so much money. You have an owner willing to spend that. So even talking about Nola and his contract, I sort of feel weird sometimes about what the cutoff should be. So I, I like to talk about what I think the player is. And that's what Nola is. He's he's not an ace, but he's a reliable innings eater. And that's why when you look at the ace market via free agency, we'll get to trades. Trades are a little bit more hypothetical, but we will get to it. It's Yamamoto. It's Snell. Maybe it's Nola. And then there's a real drop off. I mean, you want to tell me Sonny Gray is an ace? I, I guess. I, I, he's had some very good years. He's had some ace-like seasons. But there are no there are no no doubters in terms of free agency. But let's go through some of these other names and see if we're interested. Lucas Giolito fits the innings eater category. The problem with Lucas Giolito, and I do think this will hurt him in free agency, is that he was having a very solid year with the Chicago White Sox. You know, a typical year. He was going out. He was making every start. He was bouncing back from what had happened in 2022 when he also made every start but had an ERA near five. But what happened when he went to Anaheim and Cleveland was so effing bad, like so atrociously bad that I don't know, even though Giolito is the definition of an innings eater, I just thought he was completing a solid bounce back here in 2023. But it was so bad in Anaheim and Cleveland that his ERA ended up finishing as high as 4.88 which is identical to what happened a year earlier when he had a 4.90 ERA. So he was having a bounce back year, and then the close was so freaking bad, so atrociously bad, that he went backwards. He went backwards. He made 12 starts with the Angels and the Indians, the Guardians. He was 2-9 and nine with a 7 ERA in those 12 starts, and he gave up 21 home runs. 21 home runs. He ended up giving up 41 home runs for the season. So I'm very mixed on Giolito. When we talked about him back in July, because I think we did have a brief conversation about him on an edition of the Rico, I said, hey, you know, Giolito, that's a reliable innings eater. And he's been a reliable innings eater. But he was so freaking bad that now I'm sort of scared off by Giolito. Yay or nay to Lucas Giolito. I say nay, and he reminds me kind of like the tail end of the the Weaver brothers, like Jeff and uh, like the other the other brothers. Name. Jared. Jay, Jared. Yeah, I felt like they were good. They had special stuff, and then towards the tail end of their careers, they were just getting lit up left and right, and it's just not worth it. Now, I know Giolito's not even 30 yet, so he still has more opportunity to figure it out, but I think there's better options than him right now, personally speaking. Well, I'm going to give you a name, and I like this guy. I'd be very happy if the Mets signed the game, the, the name I'm about to mention, and I believe it will be a very unpopular opinion because most Met fans and New Yorkers assume that this gentleman can't pitch in New York, and his failures with the Yankees was related to that. I happen to not believe that, and that is Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray is a little bit older. He's going to be 34 years old this week. So he'll pitch in his thirty age 34 season next year. But he is coming off a really good year for Minnesota. He's been really good the last two years. What I had heard about Sonny Gray after his a tenure with the Yankees ended, and it was bad. 2018, he had a 5 ERA for the New York Yankees. 
But then all of a sudden he ends up in Cincinnati. He's a freaking all-star. He's getting Cy Young votes and had statistically one of the best years of his career. Sonny said in an interview right after he was traded and was having that success in Cincinnati that it was about pitch selection, that it was about what the Yankees were telling him to do more than it was the pressure. And I happen to believe that. I don't think Sonny Gray necessarily sucked here because he couldn't pitch here. But I think the reason why people believe it is because Brian Cashman believed it. If memory serves correct, after that 18 season, Cashman essentially announced, we're going to trade Sonny Gray. It just doesn't work here. But I don't think that's why it failed. So I'm not scared of Sonny Gray. I'm not scared that him coming here would be some kind of disaster. And also, if you do think it's New York, if you do think that that was an issue, he was 28 years old when that was going on. Now he's 33. And he's had more major league experience five years in the major league since then with Cincinnati and Minnesota. I'm not scared of it. I look at him at what he is, which is not quite an ace, but can be ace-like at times with the way he pitches. And I see no sign of decline. He's relatively reliable. He doesn't miss big bunk, uh, big bulk of time. He made 32 starts this past season. He had a very good year for Minnesota. I'm all good with Sonny Gray. Obviously, I don't know what that contract's going to look like, and that's a big deal, even though we both don't think it is because Steve could buy anybody. But Sonny Gray would be a great addition to this Met rotation. So I've heard the same thing about him in New York uh, with the Yankees. And if you think about it, you look at a guy like Lance Lynn, you look at a guy like George Montgomery, guys that when they left the Yankees pitched better than Sonny Gray is definitely one of those guys. So I, you're, you're right, before and after – he's been fine now I agree with you as far as he's someone we should think of I say if you can get him to a two to three year deal money doesn't make a difference to me but two to three year deal because I don't know if I want to commit to anything too long with Sonny but if you say again two or three year deal kind of like uh, you know the fact that you there the, the, whether there's opt ins or opt outs after two years or whatever, I'm all for it because again, it's not that long term commitment that you have to worry about. Yeah, no, absolutely, you get that flexibility. And at 33 years old, 33 season, 34 season, he's not a big guy, so I could see the fear that he may not age very well. I'd be up for it. I think he's going to get more than that, though. I think Sonny's going to try to get a four or five year deal. Another guy who's going to get a big contract is Jordan Montgomery. Jordan Montgomery who was okay with the Yankees. He was okay when he was there. Like right before he got hurt in 2021, he had a, a solid year, was more of a back-of-the-rotation guy, but he's really started to develop since they traded him to St. Louis. He pitched really well for the Cardinals down the stretch last year. He pitched okay for the Cardinals early this season. And then for Texas, forget about the playoffs. We'll get to the playoffs in a second. He was great in the 11 starts he made. And you mentioned earlier, Pete, about the Rangers' model of adding starting pitching. They not only added starting pitching in free agency, where they were aggressive, signing the Grom, signing Evaldi, signing Haney. Look what they did at the trade deadline. They had Max Scherzer. They had Jordan Montgomery. Obviously, it was related to some of the injuries, but the Montgomery addition was so good. And then... He goes out and pitches really well outside of the World Series start. He was wonderful in that American League Championship Series, including including coming out of the bullpen. He pitched a great game in the wild card series. He pitched really well in the postseason. So you double 
the fact that he's been better the last two years. He's developed the last two years. He was good in the postseason. He's a lefty who's 30, 31 years old. He feels like a guy that's hit his prime, that maybe we haven't even seen the best of him, that he could build off of what he did in the postseason, what he did in the second half with Texas, kind of like how he built off what he did last year with St. Louis. I'd be really, really interested in Montgomery. I am really interested in Jordan Montgomery. I, I do think you have to keep in mind sometimes it's a worry when you pitch and you extend yourself in the postseason the following year that that could kind of hurt you the next season. That may have hurt Aaron Nola, who pitched more the previous season. But with that said, you're signing Montgomery. It's a long-term deal. It's not just what does he do in 2024. It's what he does over the next four or five years, which he's going to try to get as a 30, 31-year-old. Scott Boris is his agent and compared him to Andy Pettit. He said that this is a modern-day Andy Pettit, which means ka-ching, which means you know Boris is going heavy. That's another guy, and, and you're noticing a pattern. Bring him in, too. I'm, I'm good with a lot of these guys on the list because they'd be really good additions to the rotation. Well, I, I like Montgomery. I'm okay with him. I'd like someone a little bit better as the lefty. I like Eduardo Rodriguez. Now, I understand that he had a little hiccup during the season last year. We had to step away. But when he came back, he was fine. He had a, a great year in Detroit. He opted out of his contract. He opted out of his option. Same with Marcus Stroman, by the way. But let's talk about Eduardo Rodriguez. He had a, now, maybe it's because he was away from Boston, but he really had a solid season. I think he's a little bit more of an upgrade than Montgomery as far as uh, you know, exciting stuff. And he's not as expensive as like a, a Julio Urias, who's going to be the, the top prime, I think, behind Snell as far as those lefties. If, you, if you're looking at lefties alone, I think Snell's going to make the most. Urias, and then Rodriguez-Montgomery. That's my one, two, three, four type of thing. I, honestly, I'm not even touching Urias at this point. Like, I, I I don't know how any team can, you know, based on what's going on with him off the field. So I know how good he can be, but I don't know if any team's going to touch Julio Urias at this point. I think Eduardo Rodriguez and Jordan Montgomery are sort of similar in terms of age, in terms of being a lefty, and in terms of like the season they're coming off of and what is the reasonable expectation over the next four years. Eduardo Rodriguez opted out of what you mentioned. He was due to make $18 million this season for Detroit. He got hurt late last season, but had a pretty good year. Eduardo Rodriguez is another guy that would be, I mean, it's funny. They're, they're all good additions because they're all better than what we have. Like so far, I think the only guy we've really said no to was Blake Snell. The guy who's going to win the National League, Cy Young. I would say no to Clayton Kershaw, who's unfortunately going to miss a big chunk of 2024. I wouldn't touch another aging ace anyway. Marcus Stroman, I, I don't know if we should waste our time on it. The Mets are never going to bring back Marcus Stroman. He said things about the Mets as he left. I, I just doubt it's ever going to happen. He's a really good pitcher. You know, He's reliable. He'll go out there and make every start, or at least a lot of his starts. But I just can't see the Mets going after him again. Noah Syndergaard looks done. So does he fit that, hey, you never know, one year, maybe he puts it all together? I think he's far gone. Like, I don't even think he fits that anymore. Kyle Hendricks, there's a team option on him, so we'll see if the Chicago Cubs pick it up. Hinjin Ryu is always hurt, and he's 37 years old. I have no interest. 
Alex Wood seems to miss a lot of time every single season. I have no interest. The innings eater that I'm sort of interested in is Kyle Gibson. Because while he's not great, I mentioned earlier, you want guys that you could just throw out there every five days. And even though Kyle Gibson is 36 years old, here are his numbers throughout the years. 33 starts this past year for the Orioles. Had a 470 RA. Again, not great, but he makes every start. 33 starts. 2022 with the Philadelphia Phillies. 31 starts, 5 ERA. 2021 with Philly and Texas. 30 starts, 371 ERA. Uh, He made every start in 2020, but it, it doesn't always fit when we say the number. He made 12 starts, but that's not. Doesn't sound as good. 2019, 29 starts. 2018, 32 starts. 2017, 29 starts. Kyle Gibson would fit. I'm not saying I'm ecstatic about Kyle Gibson. I think every other name we mentioned would fit better, but you're thinking about cost. You're thinking about years. He's 36. He's not going to get a long-term deal. He definitely fits the reliability factor of taking the ball every five days. James Paxton does not. I mean, James Paxton is the opposite of that. He doesn't take the ball every five days. Michael Lorenzen, I was interested in for a few minutes. He struggled with the Phillies. They ended up moving him to the bullpen. You sign Michael Lorenzen, I'm not sure what you're getting. 